You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey, welcome to this episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about helping action takers and decision makers like you align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. Hi, I'm Sarah Box, executive coach, nonprofit consultant, and best-selling author. And more importantly for me right now, the founder and chief vision Sherpa of Sarah Box Coaching and Consulting. And I'm here to tell you that the life you want is possible with the right support, mindset, and strategy. And with that in mind, let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Matthew Solomon is the coach for the modern soul, a relationship and empowerment coach facilitator, and best-selling author who operates from his experience that we are in a relationship with everyone and everything. As an award-winning filmmaker, author, and father of three, he's found that none of what he had learned is being taught in schools, so he puts everything that he has learned into his coaching. He is also the author of an Amazon number one new release, Man School, Relating with Women in the Me Too Era. And Matthew has been a guest on over 40 TV, radio, web, and podcast episodes. In this episode, you'll learn how you can be empowered by the possibility of experiencing true connections, how to practice a new way of listening and feeling heard, and how you can discover new ways of experiencing life. And you're also going to learn how you can get some free coaching time with Matthew. So now let's just get to it and welcome our guest, Matthew Solomon. Hi, Matthew. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, I've been, I'm looking forward to this interview for a while. I had to like get you on the calendar because you were kind of busy guy. So I'm glad this worked out. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on with, with nothing going on. (laughs) There is a lot going on with nothing going (laughs) on. Um, Let me ask you though, before we get going into everything that's going on, can you share with us um, a non-negotiable or ritual that you do daily that keeps you heading towards your goals and, and your big vision? Yeah, well, um, it's interesting, right? The, the non-negotiables and then we, we have this whole like upheaval in the world and suddenly it's like, oh, wait, I, I missed a day. Um, usually it's, it's going for a walk, you know, like walking in, in my neighborhood uh, or somewhere, just getting outside. Actually, getting outside is a non-negotiable. I have to get outside at least once or twice a day. Uh, you know, at at times uh, it's been morning meditation. At times it's been you know uh, evening meditation. Um, you know, one one thing is uh, I I was raised Jewish, and uh, unfortunately, my mom passed away in March, and so uh, I've been doing a Jewish ritual every night, which is saying Kaddish, uh, for my mom. And so that, that's definitely a non-negotiable, although not, not 
career focused or business focused, but it's, you know, it, it's just something that uh, I felt called to do that I'm doing. Oh, I can't hear it. It does keep you true to who you are, though. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think sometimes we can focus our non-negotiables on business or career when in truth, sometimes the for opinion, mm-hmm. non-negotiables that keep us true to who we are so that we can show up well yeah, are almost the most important. I mean, I totally resonate with getting outside and walking. You yeah. know, and being outside, because um, boy, you can go crazy when you can't. <laughs> <laughs> and have you been able to get out at all, that Matthew? Oh yeah, yeah. We we're um, uh, I've definitely been able to get out. You, we're all. I'm in Los Angeles, so we wear masks and and all of that. And um, uh, but you know, I I tend to go at the less busier time. It's really bizarre. Like when when everything first started and you, you know, I would look out the window and I would see people walking like a lot more people than usual walking or jogging, but, but there, there was that noticeable distance and it was like, wow, there's, it's just odd, you know, visually it's not, it's not anything that we've ever seen before. Um, but to answer your question, I usually go earlier in the morning or later at night when when there's fewer people i i always like doing that anyway just because i'm more you know by myself at those times solitary kind of event yeah yeah but i have noticed same in our area too a lot of families um walking where you'd see sometimes one of the members walk and they take Mm -hmm. their dog (laughs) but i'm watching all the family go and all the dogs go and yeah (laughs) the dogs are going please yeah I stay home. Um, So anyway, let me ask you, um, how did you come to do the work that you're doing today? What Mm. actually brought you here? Oh, how much time do we got? It's a, it's a, it's it's, it's really my life path. It's not what I intended to do. It's not what I thought I was going to do. I grew up in Los Angeles. I was always in and around the entertainment business and I was a music major in college and I played in bands and had long hair and you know, played every club on the Sunset Strip and uh, had, had, you know, local success as a musician. And then I, I kind of, I fell into acting uh, and was in probably a hundred or so commercials. And, and then I started writing and I started writing and directing short films and a feature film. And so I'd always been in the entertainment business. Um, Growing up in LA, the schools that I went to were very mixed as far as race, religion, uh, sexual orientation. I grew up in West Hollywood. Um, And so I grew up with everyone and was very aware at a young age that my experience as a white male was different from my friends. Um, And so I was always really interested in that. And being Jewish, uh, even the area that I grew up in and the temple that we went to, it it was different. Like, it, like the temple that we went to was in Beverly Hills, but I grew up in West Hollywood. So I was always kind of like, like there's, we're similar, but we're different. And, and when I was in music school, I went to University of Southern California. I got really interested in sociology. And so I started studying sociology and anthropology and how civilizations get created and laws and the justice system and systemic racism all at the same time that the Rodney King beating happened, the LA riots happened, the OJ Simpson trial. And so all of this cultural awareness at that 
time led me down this, this other path where I was working in entertainment, but I was studying about uh, social justice issues. Um, also trying to figure out why my relationships weren't working. So I was doing all this relationship work around communication and partnership and how to be a better man. And what do women mean when they say that thing? But, you know, and so I was always in seminars and workshops and reading books. And so somewhere around, I don't know, four or five years ago, I had been um, taking professional and personal development workshops through a company called Landmark Worldwide. And uh, I was trained as a coach there. I was trained to lead um, programs and, and seminars and, and those sorts of things. Um, and so somewhere around five years ago, I started coaching. I was meditating. And in my meditation, I heard this voice that said, you know a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. You need to start sharing it. So I started coaching individuals and then couples. And then I was doing you know, the social justice work and involved in that. and then. A couple years ago, I was invited to uh, an organization that was having racism uh, incidents, and they had seen the, my book, they had read my column in the Good Men Project, they saw how I interacted with people online, and they're like, we think you can make a difference here. And so I went and I listened and I identified what the problems and solutions were, and I created a program. And so then I started doing work for organizations. It's basically the relationship model, but expanded to like, how do, how do in a college faculty, students and staff connect and have a more inclusive experience or going to a corporation and how do the staff and the executives connect and have a more inclusive, not just, um, not just racially, sexually, you know, gender, like all of that, but, but how do we really hear each other and work together in a way that has everybody win? And so that's the work that I've stepped into. And, and, and it's been, you know, at this point, 40, I'm 47. So, you know, 27, almost 30 years of my own personal journey has led me to what I do now. Good on you. Yeah. Because it's so interesting to listen to you talk about all of that and the, con the confluence of that into kind of like where and who you are right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think about like, as you were describing that, you know, being a young man growing up and all those kind of like different rivers that come together and you're going, oh, interesting. That one mm -hmm. is that way, that way, but we're all here together. Um, interesting. Yeah. So, and I, I, I did leave out. I, I was also married for almost nine years and I've been divorced nine years and I have three kids. So, you know, teen, a teenager and two preteens. So there, there's that part of it, too. <laughs> That may be an extra whole long conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but let's, let me talk, um, ask you to talk to us about the, um, your relationship model, because it sounds mm -hmm. like it not only applies, like you were talking about the individual couple and then organizationally, just for, you know, systemically, right? Mm -hmm. Can you talk about the um, basics of that a bit? Like, what's the framework? Yeah. What, what have we been missing, I guess? Well, that's, that's a great question. Because, I mean, the truth is we're, you know, we're not taught how to have relationships. We're not taught how to communicate. We're taught how to debate. Like, we value debate and being right and winning. But, but you know, if you look at what we do in school, it's like our, there's no communication classes that teach us how to, like, listen and hear and, and feel um, or express ourselves, really. Like, my kids grow up with use your voice. But there's no like 
hear what the other person is saying and, and you know, connect with them. Um, so we have that and then we're thrown out into the world and it's like, okay, go get married and have babies and, you know, good luck, you know, and, and, and all of that. So what, what we miss really is each other. We miss um, the ways that we can hear each other without, like, like if we're having a conversation and you're sharing something with me that's really important to you, ordinarily I would be listening for how am I going to respond or what do I need to say or what, what can I do to fix it or fix you or whatever. But when we learn and what I teach is how to really listen and hear what you're saying and then, and then respond to you in a way that has you feel like you've been heard and you feel valued because, wow, this person's really hears me and, and, is, and is understanding and making the effort. And so when we feel heard, valued, and understood, then we like really open up with each other. And then like we almost become, it sounds cliche, but we kind of become one where we can really look at, okay, well, what's the solution here? Or does there need to be a solution? Maybe you just needed to feel heard. And so, you know, that's when I work with couples, when I work with couples, um, I usually start with just having them sit and face each other and just connect, like just breathe. You know, and so all the stuff that's in the way that you've been holding on to for years and, and the angers and the judgments and the frustrations, usually that melts away within a few minutes. And it's like, then we can actually like talk and hear and share. And so I take that into corporations and colleges and organizations and, and have the participants in my work do that. And then I teach them how to listen and, and nine times out of 10, uh, the response that I get is it's one of the most profound experiences they've had. So when you were starting to explain that process of like really listening um, and under or so that someone can feel they've been heard is I can also see someone learning to do that. So I could listen to you so that you feel heard, but I'm still not helping myself learn from that right I may not value what you said in my head mm -hmm. I may be running a separate like oh man I can't believe Matthew said that are you kidding me that wasn't my fault why you know I may yeah. not be outwardly expressing that so yeah. what do we do and I and I know I've done that and then there's times when I've actually heard myself doing that and saying really no one requires that just listen mm -hmm. <laughs> you know but yeah. how does someone on the other side of that actually recognize that they've been understood and valued do you know am i because i don't think it's just a one-way thing is it no no it's not and and that's so um you're asking how the listener feels that they've been heard and understood well i understand the process of you know if you were saying something i would know that i know how to reflect back to you so that you would know mm -hmm. you know especially i'm not cutting you off you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also that I understood whether or not I agree yeah. with you, I understood and I value you for, you know, yeah. maybe not even what you said so much, but you as Matthew, you know, mm -hmm. so because that's what I'm feeling sometimes that people practice the outward, but they're not yeah. necessarily embracing what that means to actually be in right. a relationship. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You know, it, it comes down to um, 
really being committed to me. Like if, if you're, if you're the one that's sharing and speaking and I'm listening, like I, my goal is to really get what your experience is to get how you feel, why you feel that way. Um, what you want to have happen or, you know, what you're, what didn't happen that you wanted to have happen. So it's, you know, it's your experience, your commitment, your, so, so I'm as the, as the listener, I'm coming from a place of curiosity, like really wanting to get your world. And so you'll share things with me and, and I may, you know, say back to you, wow, I, you know, I, I get how frustrating that is because, you know, when you said this, this, and this, like, you know, that that's completely frustrating or, um, angry or, or, or excited. Like maybe some you're, you know, you're sharing something you're really excited about. And so I'm, I'm using those Eric's, uh, experiential words in connecting what your experience is so that once you feel like, wow, he gets what, what I'm feeling and understanding and, and dealing with that. It's a, you feel like you have this, this feeling of, wow, I, I felt heard and understood and valued. Got um, it. So that's how you would, you would experience that it is you would just, you would feel it. Yeah. You know, it'd be, it would be a tangible, like noticeable, sensation or or group of sensations um and then for me uh like if you're sharing something that i disagree with um my my first goal is to really get your experience and the why and then you know it it may be um i'm i would i would start asking questions like you know you know is there something more that you want did you just want to feel heard do you you know, are you interested in feedback? You know, so it's, it's always the, the inquiry um, versus I'm just going to tell you what I think. Because once I just tell you what I think, you, like we're done. There's no like. Oh, my gosh, we are done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it goes both ways. I mean, I've like sometimes you can start getting into it. It's like, well, and you ask your questions and the person just says, no, I'm done. I just wanted to tell you that. I just yeah. wanted to get it out, right? You're thinking, oh man, I'm thinking we had to like solve something. No, no, no. I wasn't looking for a solution. Right. Just wanted to share. Yeah. So, um, and that happens a lot. And that's the, you know, when we were talking about my journey through, you know, relationships, um, you know, it's, it's very uh, traditional that, that men are the fixers. Um, but it's just, it's a different flavor on the other side where, you know, it, it happens equally. Um, uh, it just, it just labeled differently. (laughs) Okay. You're true. It's true. (laughs) I'm just calling myself out on that. It's true. (laughs) And it is labeled different because women show up different. Yeah. And with, with each other, we don't Mm -hmm. notice it as much with women with, I mean, I've noticed like, I'll be in groups of women and we'll be talking and we basically are collectively problem solving. We do it differently and it feels differently. And I think sometimes that's where the, um, it's just, and you guys do too. You guys communicate differently, which is Mm -hmm. a okay, but we do get our wires crossed sometimes. Yeah, So I'm curious, has all of your like learning and lessons and now you're coaching other people, are you feeling like it helps you with your, preteens and teens? Uh, it helps. <laughs> it, it helps for sure. Um, and it's, you know, there's, there's just, I don't, I don't, I haven't met anybody who's just like, yep, I got it. I got it all figured out. Um, they're just with, you know, 
any kind of relationship, there's different levels and, you know, it's very different parenting an infant to a toddler to a, you know, preteen to a teen and, you know, who knows as, as an adult, um, it's, you know, there, there are challenges and, and there, and, and, and as a parent, you know, making the transition from like, I have to do everything for you and I have to tell you what to do. And I have to like be more of a quote, like dictator to being more of a guide. Like that's been the shift. And so, and you know, there's the, the element of the teenager who doesn't want to hear a thing I have to say, thinks that I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, honestly, you know, says things like, you know, oh, you're, you're this coach and, you know, you don't even know how to talk, you know, like, like all of it, it just, everything's magnified and amplified and, and it's, and it's worse when it's like, it's your own family. Cause, oh my God, you know, I can do, like, I can go into like 2000 people, you know, organizations or more and lead these amazing workshops with all this great feedback. And then, and then you go back home, I go back home and it's like, why aren't the dishes done? you know, or, or whatever, whatever the case may be. So it's, it's humbling. Yeah. Tired of feeling stuck and ending with the same result. Want to know how Sarah can help you with one-on-one or organizational coaching. Then book your free discovery call at sarahbox.com forward slash contact. Now back to the show. Let me, let's, can we talk about your book for a little bit? Sure. Okay. So what made you want to write the book yeah it it i mean like everything it just was something that that came about through the process so uh when in 2017 when uh the me too movement online happened and me too was was started by a woman named Toronto burke in 2006 as a platform for for uh black women women of color uh to share their experiences of uh, sexual harassment and rape and and violence to share their stories and to get uh, support. And then in 2017, with the Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby and and all of the high profile Hollywood cases and women's mostly women, some men uh, started sharing their Me Too stories. Um, my timeline was flooded, you know, on Facebook and and Twitter and all of that with all of these stories um, because I have always been friends with women. I have been listening and, and uh, uh, I knew all of that was happening and I knew statistically what was happening. I had heard many of the stories uh, and yet seeing the magnitude of it, how many uh, women that I knew were sharing was, was humbling. Um, I was in the process of writing a book regarding racism uh, and then this happened and then I was getting in these conversations. And so typically like a woman would share her experience and then there would be men who would start commenting who were, would blame the victim or try and dismiss what her experience was or deny or add their two cents. And so I would start in, uh, you know, communicating with those men and sharing what women have shared with me and, and helping them to try and hear her experience. And so along the way, women were like, Oh my God, a man who gets it, you know, we're, we're exhausted. They seem, the men seem to listen to you, please write a book or teach a class or something. And so I thought about a class and I figured, you know, men, we tend to like to, you know, do things on our own and sit in the corner. So I wrote a book 
Um, and honestly, I had been so immersed in those conversations that I wrote the first draft in a weekend. And within a month, a month and a half, uh, I had you know, done the revisions and everything, and, the, and it was available. Um, there was a publisher who was interested, but they, they were going to wait a year because, you know, they can only publish so many books and I didn't want to wait. So uh, I published independently through Amazon and then Ingram Spark, and uh, it became a number one new release in, I think it was six categories. Um, and that was 2018. Well, congratulations on the rise of the book, because that really speaks to the value of the book and what people are getting from it. So I haven't read the book. So just give me a sense. And I haven't gone in and done read your sample on Kindle yet. So mm -hmm. I'm owning that. But yeah. for the other listeners who are thinking, hey, I might want to get a copy of that book, or I've been having trouble having these conversations, or maybe there are guys saying, I don't get it. What's math you see? Um, what would I expect to get from reading the book? Like, how did you think it through? What's in it? It's broadly its structure. And what are you hoping people take away? From? Yeah, thank you. Well, it, it really, it, it comes from like what we were talking about, about listening and listening to understand another person's experience. And so, you know, the basis of it is, you know, it starts with, we're not taught anything. Um, we're not taught anything about sex. We're not taught anything about communication or intimacy uh, and how we value debate over communication. And so uh, it starts there. It gets into what women have shared with me, their experiences are in the world and have been, uh, uh, especially around safety issues and not feeling safe. And uh, there was, a, I, I was in a course, uh, Alison Armstrong has a, a company called PAX, which is uh, mostly for women. She has some courses for men, but it's understanding women, understanding men. And there was a course that I was in where it, it was men and women. And she asked the women, uh, or asked the men, excuse me, raise your hand if you were in fear for your life at some point uh, in the last year. You know, and a couple of hands went up. And she said, what about the last month? And I don't think there were any hands up. And then she asked the women, how many of you have been afraid for your life in the last year? And pretty much every hand went up. And then she said, what about, you know, a month ago? And there were a lot of hands. And so what about, and so she got down to um, today and there were still like, a, you know, like six or seven hands that were still up and it was Saturday morning at 11 o'clock in the morning. And so like seeing that, really opened up for me that, wow, there, there is a different experience. It is a safety thing. Um, there's, there's a, and there's a reason for that. Uh, and so I, you know, I get into that. I get into, um, for men, how we, I, like I break down the listening we were talking about. I break that down step by step. There's a chapter on that that I've, I've gotten amazing feedback from men from. Uh, and then we get into how do we want to develop ourselves as men? And the fact that, you know, for me, I never really had role models as far as like, what's the archetype of the man that I want to be? You know, we had, you know, TV celebrities and athletes and movie folks, but, but nobody who really encompassed like, that's the man that I want to be. So as men, for me, like I've had to look at what are the qualities that I value? How do I want to show up? What's the uh, impact that I want to have on the people in my life? And so I talk men through like how we can do that for each other. And so it's not, 
it's, it's information, it's uh, techniques and tools, it's how do we empower ourselves as men, who do we get to become. Uh, that's that's the basically the, the gamut of the book. Thank you. I appreciate that you kind of pulling it apart like that because it makes it more real. You know, the title's mm -hmm. compelling, but yeah. it's not as not as helpful as you describing it like that. Um, yeah. And it's interesting. I've been in rooms where that question has been asked about safety, and it's you you always get a similar response depending on the, you know, the composition of the room. And it yeah. is surprising. I think it's really surprising. Yeah. You know, and it's just something as women you're more familiar with and then separate that out depending on where you live. It can feel even different. So mm -hmm. um, I want to shift a little bit here. You know, I know that you are a columnist for the Good Men Project, which mm -hmm. is, um, I poked around a little to learn about that. It's pretty intriguing to me. Will you talk yeah. a little bit about that project, what, why it started, what it is? Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't know much about the, the history of it. It's, it's, it's an online platform. It's, I liken it to, you know, like Huffington Post for, for men's issues, or not issues, but like, the, but it's, it's, it's men-centered and it's, there's topics, everything from relationships to mental health to racism to leadership, uh, and so it's it's and it's not just men that that write or who are editors, but it it's really uh, it's an online publication that that's for men, and they say you know it's the the conversation no one else is having, um, and so it's really an amazing platform. I I was you know I started writing for them uh, and it. It, it was a pleasant surprise how much uh, feedback I would get, or I would have people show up in my inbox or, or email me or want to connect with me because they read something that I wrote uh, for the Good Men Project. So yeah, they've been amazing. It's an, it is a, um, I encourage people to go check it out because there are some interesting articles on there, um, <laughs> some great titles, but the one yeah. that I most recently read was, um, I wonder if I would have, treated her like the cat did if she would still be here but it's basically about how you know the cat always you know paid attention and stuff and yeah and he didn't but i mean it was said it was said honestly it wasn't yeah. like a blame thing it was just so genuine and yet and reflective and humorous at the same time yeah. i think i bet that whole thing's totally sucked too so but you know <laughs> so I, it was interesting and i was curious um about your relationship with the Good Men Project. Yeah. So before we wrap this up, Matthew, you know, you've generously offered to do some free coaching for folks. How do they take advantage of that? Yeah, well, if uh, just visit my website, uh, coachwithmatthewsolomon.com. Uh, you can, you know, shoot me an email through there. Uh, and then my book is available there. I also have a, a men's course, Man School, the online course. Uh, but yeah, through, through my website and I, I do, uh, you know, if somebody's listening, who's part of an organization who's interested in having me, you know, you know, do, I was going to say come there, but we're, we're not traveling yet. Uh, you can reach me through there and we can set something up as well. Hey, they can do it virtually. You could yeah. do a virtual well, I've been, meeting with that's, them. Yeah. Things have shifted that way. And so my in-person workshops have become virtual. But I'm hoping for the days of in-person again, because it's more yeah, fun. It's it more fun. It's definitely more fun. Well, Matthew, I want to thank you. We'll put links to all of your 
pages, your social, the book and everything in the show notes. So folks, I would say if you're driving, but you, you might not be. Um, but if you're not where you can take notes, don't worry about it. They'll be in the show notes so that you can find Matthew. And Matthew, I just want to tell you what a fun interview it was. I'm so glad we got to connect today. Yeah, thank you so much. I had a great time. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.